What is up, podcast world? Welcome to another episode of the Church Voice Podcast. All right, I'm Pastor Spencer Davis, and I'm here with my co-host, Tyler Rhodes. What up, yeah, y'all? Yeah, I'll let you say your name this week. Oh, thanks. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always say it for you. Um, but yeah, we're back with another one this week. So uh, we are, we're going to get started. But listen, uh, as usual, so you know how podcasts do like their sponsors and stuff like that. I feel like we got to say our sponsor every week. We got to because it's critical, man. Yep. This is this is our place of worship. This is yep. our place of of employment, um, and this is a place that we just absolutely love. So our we are completely sponsored, supported, and recorded right here at Christian Center Church, South Bend, Indiana, um, five thirty East Island Road. If you want to. Uh, hit some snail mail or I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're here at the church. So you can check us out at church, um, church voice dot. No, no. Christian center. There you go. Christian center dot org um, slash church dash voice dash podcast. And of course, we're on Instagram as well. So follow us over there at Church Voice Podcast, all one word. Um, but listen, check out the church. If you're if you're listening to this, you haven't heard of our church, you haven't, you know, whatever, you're not connected to our church, check us out there. Check out Pastor Sermons. We got a lot going on. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to give that plug before we got got going. So how's your day going, Pastor Tyler? It's going well, man. Well, yeah. it's like all of 9.30 in the morning. So, so yeah, yeah. it's going well. It's been well, wonderful so far. <laughs> We'll see how the rest of the day goes. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. But yeah. it's uh, it's yours? Friday. It's good. It's good. I, uh, you know, I'm still kind of getting my bearings this morning. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know. My today is a high carb day for us. Yeah. So we are pumped. Really? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, really smart the way they the way they set up this plan. Okay. Uh, because you do a few low carb days. Okay. And then like the high carb day is like the carb pack day, mm -hmm. and you look so forward to it. That it, it helps you get through the lower carb days. Yeah. So yeah. it's, I'm like through the moon. I had yeah. a bowl of cereal. You'd have you'd hey. thought it was a steak dinner. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel you though. I feel you. Those days are important. Yes. And I don't know. We're just going to get on diets, I guess, this morning. I guess but, so. Uh, but I read, I'm reading a book called Eat Smarter. Uh oh, here he goes. No, no, no. <laughs> Look, hey. I <laughs> we, we do need to do a podcast just we on this have, at some point. We yeah. have to talk about... Yeah nutrition and hydration mm -hmm. and i have to like just say where i'm at all right mm -hmm. well we're not going to get into yeah. it right now if you want to get into it keep listening for the for another episode because we might even talk about it next week yeah. but i i am reading a book called uh eat smarter by sean stevenson if you haven't heard of it check it out this man is he's got the number one health podcast in the nation super good stuff um, but he talked about that in like the introduction that, that food has to be enjoyable. Like, and, and we kind of miss that sometimes cause diet for so long has been like, just suffer through it or be hungry or eat what you don't like. And he's like, dude, that's not going to work. The so whole, I like what you're saying. The whole food is only fuel thing. Yeah. And, and a lot it's of not. diets will tell you that it's, it's only fuel and this, but it, it, it makes it not enjoyable. There's so you're much, exactly right. there's so much more to food than, yeah. than we give it credit for. True. So, you know, but, uh, you excited for this weekend? Oh yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a good weekend tomorrow. Um, Saturday, I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's going to be a chill day for us. We don't, we don't get a ton of those. So Definitely not. It'll be good. Yeah. Well, good. Um, 
honestly, man, I kind of just want to get into it because I know I, I know we don't have a ton of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I want to make sure that we're very concise with where we're going today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this this episode is going to be um, it, it's relevant because uh, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a right now kind of situation and and something that maybe. Again, Church Voice Podcast, something that the church may be talking about, have heard about, and everything like that. But I want you to start with our subject, with the individual that we are going to kind of begin the conversation on, and then kind of we'll we'll, we'll just go from there. So yeah. so introduce our 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 uh, our guest from mm-hmm. the past, if yeah. you will. So. As always, this is one of the historical voices yes. that we're studying. See how they they adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. And uh, we want to learn from him. So today is the one, the only, the Billy Graham. <laughs> the Billy <Woo>! Graham. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Billy died in, in 2018. He was 99. Yeah. He was born in 1918. So that's, re- that's really cool. Yeah, that, um, I thought that was super cool too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he failed because he didn't hit the big triple digits, but, yeah. you know, close enough. Yeah. Um, sorry, it's a little jacked up. So there's a Billy Graham fan, like just threw his phone down on the ground. Like, how could you say that? It's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. 99 is impressive. That's, that is very, that's impressive. gold right there, man. That's it's very awesome. impressive. Uh, he was born in Charlotte, North Carolina. Shout out to, uh, Southeast home. Yeah. I was born in Georgia. I don't yeah. have nothing to do with hey, North Carolina, man. but got some family Shout down out there. to the South. Shout out. Um, he was in ministry for six decades. Wow. So incredible, the longevity that he had. Uh, He was an advisor to every president from Truman, who was the 33rd, to Obama, who was the 44th. Isn't that nuts? An advisor to every single president from then on. And then he he had really close relationships with three of them. Uh, LBJ, not LeBron James, Lyndon B. Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) There was a young kid listening, LeBron James? When? Really? President. This is incredible. <laughs> I'm going to check out this Billy Graham guy. Yeah, yeah. Richard Nixon, um, which probably isn't the best name on the resume. Yeah. He should have gotten uh, a little bit more advice. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> yeah he should have listened a little bit more. Um, and then there was one other, I'm forgetting off the top of my head uh, who the other one was, but he, he had some real close relationships mm-hmm. with some of those guys. Um, so what, one of the things he was known for was his annual crusades Yeah, that he would go, you know, thousands of people would show up to these, these crusades. He would preach the gospel according to his website. Uh, he preached to over 210 million people in more than 185 different countries. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, he just, and, and Billy Graham was a gospel guy. He was always preaching the gospel. hundred percent. It was all salvation, man. All salvation yeah. all the time. And then a uh we always do a, a fun fact. And yeah. and you actually found this. I did. One, I, dug, I, I dug this one up. It, yeah. I thought I was like, what? Yeah, this is weird. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, so when when Billy was fifteen and prohibition finally ended in December nineteen thirty three, his father forced him and his sister Catherine uh, to drink beer until they got sick. Which is which is nuts. And uh, it created such an aversion for them uh, that they never went back to yeah. it. Never. Which I would imagine... I'm writing this down. Yeah. No, I'm, just I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. Kidding. Soon as soon as Riley and Parker hit 15. And, All right, let's and, get this over yeah, with. Reese is close. <laughs> Reese is going to get it when he turns 15. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, but just the, the crazy... Uh, yeah, it was a different time. Yeah, it was a different yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, guys. yeah. 
Um, but just the fact that that I mean, like, it's crazy that it created that aversion to drugs and alcohol. Right. Yeah. 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 This is one of the things that helps us to kind of shoot down the whole results-based parenting yes. philosophy. Yes. That just because things turn out well does not mean the means by which you use to yes. get to that end does not, yeah. <laughs> was acceptable. Yeah. It worked in this one instance, all right? Don't yeah. don't try this at home, Yeah, people. that is not one of the things we want to model. Horrible. <laughs> so I know in regard to Billy, I know there was some things you wanted to share specifically about him and some other evangelists that, that that's really what we're going to share on. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and we're, like I said, I want to dive r- right in because, um, I've got a lot that I've got to share before we kind of get to the, to the meat of right. what we want to talk about. Um, so, so we wanted to talk about what is known as the Billy Graham rule. Okay. And when you, when you Google this, you'll, you'll realize that the Billy Graham rule is actually something that is, that is derived from, um, something else called the Modesto manifesto. I love it. Yeah. the, The name is so cool by itself. So the Modesto manifesto was actually something that, um, him and his team, put together after a series of meetings in actually 1948. Mm. So so you said you said that his it was 47 that he would start having these annual crusades. So in 48 him and his team came together and they put together this that what well, one of his team members named the Modesto Manifesto. Yeah. So this is at the very beginning. Very beginning. Very beginning. And so and this is what happened. So after a series of meetings um, in, um, in 48, Billy had them, had each member of his team go to their hotel room for one hour. And he said, write down all the problems that you foresee with what we're doing. Evangelism, ministry, gospel, pre- whatever it is, write down all the problems that you see that, that, that potential problems that you see um, for what we're doing. And so an hour later they came back and all of their lists were eerily similar. They, they, they had kind of wrote all of the same problems that, that they foresaw, um, could come down the pike. I bet you if our team, like our church staff did the same thing, I bet you it'd be very similar. We should. I think we should. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be interesting. I, I I agree. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're gonna write that down for our personal staff notes. Um, but but yeah. So they went to the room for an hour and they came back. And these were the things that that they decided were like because here's the thing. And I'm gonna read the quote. This is the quote, and then we'll talk about kind of the 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 rules, the the Modesto Manifesto itself. So. Um, this is the quote, and this is what in Billy Graham's um, autobiography. It says, he said, in reality, it was more of an, an informal understanding among ourselves, a shared commitment to do all we could do to uphold the Bible's standards of absolute integrity and purity for evangelists. So this was something that they came up with amongst themselves for the purpose of integrity, purely the purpose of integrity. So number one, okay, so there's four rules, all right? If you want to call them the Billy Graham rules or the Modesto Manifesto, that's up to you. But there were four rules, and the first had to do with money, all right? And so basically the goal was to um, not squeeze money out of people in an emotional reaction, 
All right. And that's something that we've seen in the church. That's oh, yeah. something that televangel. I mean, we, we see this across the board, whether it's local church or TV church, doesn't matter. That happens. And so they, they vowed that they're not going to do that. And they're not going to try to raise money through an offering and everything like that. And they would depend upon money raised beforehand. So instead of depending on the money that's raised at the meeting, they would depend on money that's raised for these events beforehand. Huge rule. Yeah. I think that's absolutely yeah. amazing. So then rule number two focused on, and this is the one that gets the most attention. And I'll be honest with you guys, this is the one that's going to get the most attention for this episode as well. So the second um, was on the danger of sexual immorality. And I'm just going to read this so that we can get a full understanding. This is what Billy Graham wrote. He said, we, we all knew of evangelists who had fallen into immorality, who separated from their families um, while separated from their families by travel. We pledged among ourselves to avoid any situation that would have been would have ha even had the appearance of compromise or suspicion. From that day on, I did not travel, meet or eat alone with a woman other than my wife. We determined that the Apostle Paul's mandate to the younger uh, pastor Timothy would be ours as well. Flee youthful lusts. Uh, that's 2 Timothy 1.22. And so let's, you guys sit on that for a second. But then the third was, um, so to avoid the tendency of many evangelists to carry on the work apart from the local church. That's huge. Yes, huge or even criticize local pastors and churches open, openly and scathingly. So they determined that they would not work, anybody who was willing to work with them, they would work with them. You know, if they would accept them, we would accept. So if the, if the local church was willing to work with them, they'd work with them. But even if not, they were not ripping apart the local church, talking about local ministries, anything like that. Their, their goal in, in this manifesto was to work with local churches as much as humanly possible, as much as they would allow, uh, as, as much as churches would allow them yeah. to. So, and then the fourth was this, is is the, um, the issue, the fourth issue was publicity. So they vowed that day to not pad their numbers. Because back then evangelists would say, oh, we had 50,000 people in, and reporters got to the point where they couldn't trust these numbers from these evangelists. Yeah. And so they they vowed not to pad their numbers. And so those were the four. Money, sexual immorality. Um, what was the third one? Outside the local church. Outside the local church and publicity. But I want I want to focus on this rule number two. And that's the issue of sexual immorality. Now, this is what is known as the Billy Graham rule, because this is the rule that, that people talk about, whether it doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on, it doesn't matter. This, this rule has been discussed a lot. I think it's the most heavily criticized rule. 100%, because the, 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 the other four rules are like, oh yeah, that's, that's great, that's, that's integrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for some reason, um, this integrity of sexual immorality and specifically this rule of I will not eat meat or you know whatever with a woman alone other than my wife this rule is scrutinized and I wanted to it was on my heart to talk about this rule and it just hit me so hard 
because of a a recent situation that has that has transpired in in knowledge that we've we've come to about um Ravi Zacharias and and I don't want to take this episode just to like say oh my goodness these things but I I want to look practically at number 1 maybe maybe just speak to kind of what what why the why behind that and and maybe speak to practically how we can avoid those things and 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 honestly you can't talk about avoiding these these sexual sexually immoral failures without talking about this Billy Graham rule. Right. Because because when you look at Billy Graham and I'm going to try to sh- shut up here. You're good. But but it I'm I'm just I'm so fired up about this because when you look at Billy Graham, the long jet you said he he ministered for what, how long? 60 years. 60 years. And you look at his ministry, his life, you look at the things that he accomplished, the 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 multitude of people that he preached the gospel to. The longevity, the integrity, again, integrity of of this ministry, and even upon his death and in his life, you don't hear of of moral failure in this man's life, which is absolutely astonishing to me, Right, given the culture that we live in and given the mistakes that we all make. We're pastors. We've we've made mistakes. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying we, I, I think... By the grace of God, we haven't had these grand moral, moral right. failures, and by the grace of God, we won't. But it's because we have to look honestly at these rules, like the Billy Graham rule, and say, "Okay, this is something that that we should we should take heed to." So, you, what, what what do you? How do you feel about this? What what do you have to say about this? Because it's just something, and I know you know Ravi, you you knew more about Ravi Zacharias than I did, because you were talking mm-hmm. about him when he was still alive, mm-hmm. and then even when he passed. You kind of, and I was like, oh, you know, because I'm not. You're you're more scholarly than I. You know what I mean. You you know these apologetics guys and stuff like that. So just kind of speak to the situation mm-hmm. a little bit, Pastor Tyler. Yeah. And I'm gonna be quiet for a second. Yeah. Get my, get my breath. <laughs> yeah, back. I'm but I'm give, just. I'm gonna give I'm, you a rest. <laughs> I'm just fired up about yeah, it, man. Yeah. I am too. And uh, and I I practice the Billy Graham rule. Me too. Um, I I'm not alone with a woman other than my wife ever. Um. I even did it, and this may seem extreme, but this is this is the way I went about it. When I was a youth pastor in Alabama before living here, we had a 90-year-old secretary uh, who was a woman. Her name was Geraldine. Shout out to Geraldine. Uh, she's still kicking. Of course she was. Geraldine. I got an auntie, Geraldine. That's such a Southern name, isn't it? coolest auntie. <laughs> yep, Louisville, Kentucky. Coolest uh, auntie. Oh, yeah. And um, I wouldn't be there with her alone. And so Dentine and I would joke about it like, oh, be careful. Geraldine's at the office. But I really wouldn't. I would yeah. leave. And it's not it's not because I was attracted to Geraldine. Sorry. But it was just that was the way I chose to do it. That completely and totally, I, I'm never going to be alone. And it's and it's because I don't trust myself. Exactly. And I don't trust them. I don't trust my flesh and I don't trust their flesh because my dad, I grew up with my dad telling me all the time that moral failure can happen to anybody. If you're in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong person or the wrong situation, because it wasn't just a sexual thing. It was financial. It was really having to do with all these rules. But he said, any, any just you're just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Anything can happen. He used to tell me, Tyler, I want you to know you are capable of anything. 
Yeah. These people who've done horribly horrendous things and have, have committed evils that are unimaginable are not very different from you. He drove that home for me. No, and 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 here's the thing is like I don't know why we we look for some sort of righteousness within ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's why we dispute these sorts of rules and we yes. say, ah, it's not I would never. Anybody who would say I I would never, that's I would question that person. These other people said the same thing. 100%, I'm sure, I'm 100%, sure Robbie said yeah, I would never. I would never. I would never. Mm-hmm. I would never go as far as to do the things that I ended up doing. There's a certain point where 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 we we can say I would never. But the truth is is that we are all just a few choice decisions and a few choice deceptions away from like you said, that moral failure on any level, sexual, mm-hmm. financial, whatever, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Exactly. So when when we go into everything saying, I'm capable of anything, that drives us into utter dependency upon the Spirit. And that's where we have to be. Because whenever we start to become puffed up and say, like you're saying, the righteousness that I have on my own is enough to keep me from stumbling, that's pride, number one. And then... What happens is we go into these situations and we're not guarding our heart, we're not we're not guarding our mind, we're not guarding our bodies, and all of a sudden you begin to feel things that are inappropriate, see things that are inappropriate, and then eventually do things yeah. that are inappropriate. And so all of these things start somewhere. What happened with Ravi Zacharias, as awful as it was, I mean, these these reports that are coming out, these things are confirmed. Okay. These aren't these aren't accusations anymore. These are things that happened. And they had to start somewhere. But at the end, we're talking about rape. We're talking about spiritual manipulation. Uh, we're talking about um, uh, sexting, soliciting images from women all over the world. I mean, they've got these things on his phone, on his phone. So it's not like this is speculation here. This is Ravi's own own organization, RZIM, Ravi Zacharias International Ministry, has confirmed all of these things as as true. And and it, it had to start somewhere. And, and I'll tell you this too. Uh, I was a huge Ravi Zacharias fan. I know. Because when he huge. passed, you were like, oh man. like I grieved. Was, yeah, you mm-hmm. did. I remember that. Because yeah. you were actually fresh here at the church when kind of, you know, still newer at the church. Yeah. And, and I remember you kind of going through that and talking about that. Yeah, I, I had to talk it out with several people, none the more than, you know, than my wife, Dentine herself, because I'm, I just really felt like the church, the church lost a key voice. And I was like, you know, who's going to take over for that? Who's going to make up for that? And when you look at his content, it's power packed stuff. It is. I mean, like the truth behind the things that he was saying. So there's, there's still so much value there. Yes. But the integrity has been stripped mm-hmm. in the saddest part to me. And I didn't mean, I hope I didn't cut you off. No, you're good. Okay. But the saddest part to me was, is the, the integrity being stripped upon his death. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, yes, he did these things when he was alive, but like, but now it's like, you know, that stain is always going to be there. Mm-hmm. And, and so we've, we've kind of spoke a little bit on, on the personal side, like, having a personal understanding of mm-hmm. one, the flesh mm-hmm. within yourself, understanding that that you can't put nothing past yourself, 
That's why the, that's why these safeguards are so important. Yes. That's why these rules are so important. That's why these standards within yourself are critical for integrity. Yes. Absolutely critical. And and you have to be honest with yourself first. But then you have to be honest with the people that are around you. You have to be you have to have honesty around you. The fact that that Billy Graham it, at, in 1948 had the forethought to to have his team go go to their rooms and write these problems down is incredible to me. Yes. And the fact that they were having able to have this open conversation and make this agreement amongst themselves to to follow these standards is is absolutely mind-boggling. So so yes, it starts with you as an individual. But then it starts with accountability. Yes, you have to have people across in your the life. board. You have to. Mm-hmm. You have to. And mm-hmm. those people have to be able to be brutally honest with you with the situation. And then you have to be able to be brutally honest with them. Yes. And say, okay, yeah. We and, mm-hmm. and then because I'm sure that these guys held each other to that standard. Yeah. Well, and here's what this means on a just a a raw, personal, vulnerable level. And this is hard, and I understand that it's hard. That means that with a a small subgroup of people who we absolutely trust, we have no secrets. There are three people in my life, uh, my wife, my best friend Jonathan, and my best friend Nick. Uh, Those three people, they know everything about Tyler Rhodes. We call it confession time. I have confessed, and they have confessed to me. Yeah. Every stupid, evil thought, action, all those kinds of things. Now, I'm not saying I call them up at the end of every week and say, let's confess all our sins to each other. Yeah. But those things that people need to know, that those things are out there. And so I can look at those three people and say, my conscience is clean because I've told you how my conscience isn't clean. <laughs> And so, and so bearing that, and we can't do that with everybody. No. Matter of fact, we can't do that no. with even a lot of people. Right. It's very, 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 very small group yeah. of people. It, it should be one hand. Yes. <laughs> yes. Max. Yes. Max. You, you said what? Three people? Three people. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. you're about maxed out. Right. And th- <laughs> you're right. And there's a, there's a lot of people who aren't on that list who I love dearly. Yeah. Notice, I didn't say my parents. No. My family's not no. on that list. Bad idea. And, yeah, exactly. I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But, and so that's, we all have to compile that list at some point. Now, when those people come into your life, when, you know, all of those things, a lot of that is, is up to God. And when he puts those connections in our lives, but we have to be intentional about looking for those kinds of things. And, and it's, it's important. And so when you have that accountability structure, when you know there are people in your life who I can say anything to, and I have, I mean, I'm telling you the the things these people know about me, they could bury me if they wanted to, but that's, that's the level of count of, of, of pause of, 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 of <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the level of accountability that we need. Yeah. Because if I if I keep these secrets tucked in and I keep the compromises contained inside, they're going to find me out at some point because yeah. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep sliding down that hill. It's gonna keep snowballing. It's I'm gonna keep fading into it. So if I don't cut it off there, it's going to cut me off eventually. And apparently, 
you know, that's what happened with with Ravi. That's what happened with Carl Lentz. Okay, this is another high profile incident there. And so there's this, you see a common denominator of no accountability structure. And that's why I think this Billy Graham rule is so important. And so I, I get the criticisms people say, you know, they, they say it's a, it's a sexist rule. You know, women are out to sleep with men, stuff like that. It's, it's not that. It's not that. It says the same thing about men, though. Exactly. So I know. It, it, it's, it's it equal. should be swapped it's, either way. It's equal on both. Just because it was a male that made the rule doesn't mean doesn't doesn't make the rule a sexist and that's, rule. That's where people trip up. Yeah, because it's saying the same thing about the man. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and here's the thing: if we're being honest, it's the same. It's the same goes for men. If mm -hmm. if that's if that's the stamp that we're trying to put on it, right? All, all, all men want to have sex with women. All women want to have it, it, mm -hmm. it, it's it's equal rule. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing: that's it's it's not not that that rule is scriptural. But but when we talk about the flesh, it's in like it's in the scripture. Like I think the scripture points to the fact that we can't put nothing past ourselves. The heart is the most deceptive of all. You right. know what I'm saying? Like your emotions, your feelings. You, you know that we can deceive ourselves. Yes. And that and that's a hundred percent possible. So so the criticism is really null and void. Yes, I get that Billy Graham made the rule, or or him and his team made the rule. But if it was someone else, it the, it still applies. Mm -hmm. And so, and I and I think that there's a level of hum. So so personal responsibility, accountability, and humility. Yes, I think. And when you look at Billy Graham, um there was a level of humility because you talk about this this level because you can't have accountability without humility you can have a level of accountability you can say oh yeah i wanted to work out so hey did you work out this week blah 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 that's light accountability right but deep accountability takes a deep level of humility and so when you when you look at billy graham and his life he didn't have a power complex and and I hate, I don't like saying this, but when you when you hear about these accounts, uh, even of, of Ravi Zacharias, and you hear about these accounts of these other individuals, these moral failures, there's a power complex in play. Mm -hmm. And and there's a there's a lack of humility with with God and with other people. And and when again, Billy Graham lived his life like he lived by this verse of he who humbles himself before the mighty hand of God, in due time he'll be exalted. Like there's a there's a story that I heard on another podcast where a, a guy and this is just a random story about just about this level of humility. He's doing I mean, he's in the middle of I mean, the probably the peak of his career. Right. And this young minister comes and he says, oh, I'm, I'm you know, I'm trying to, you know, be an evangelist, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm I've got this I've got a team around me, this and that, this and that. But nobody's asking me to come speak and and. It hits, you know, the team lets him in. And they have this conversation, and um, and basically the guy wanted wanted Billy to pray for him. And to make a long story short, um, Billy Graham begins to pray for this, and and again, height of his career, Billy Graham begins to pray for this this guy, and um, and the minister that was with him, this was uh, Luis Palau told this story gotcha. on the Carrie Newhoff podcast, just a, just a plug for another podcast. Yeah. But he told this story and Louise like kind of looks up cause he hears Billy's voice. Like, so they start to pray. There's more to the story. They start to pray. Right. And, and he hears Billy's voice kind of muffled 
and he and he kind of does you know the 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 sinner's thing and he, and he peeks his eye open <laughs> to see what's going on and he sees Billy Graham face down spread eagle praying for this this man that he didn't know you know didn't know from Adam who came to just have a conversation with him face down praying a blessing over this man praying that he'd get you know that that he'd get opportunity blah 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 face down at the height of his career and so you look at those kind of stories and those kinds of situations and he shared with Luis after that he he said you know um, he shared that scripture. He who humbles himself before the mighty hand of God, you know, in due time, he'll be exalted. And so he lived by that scripture of humbling yourself before yes. the mighty hand of God. There's not a lot of, I mean, we see the celebrity of pastors today, and there's not a lot of pastors who are going to get on their face for, for, in in prayer for a stranger. There's not a lot of pastors who are going to take the time to even have the conversation. And so, and I don't say that to again, we're not it, it's the Lord. And and so let's 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 take our our blinders. It's the Lord's working in Billy's life that we see. Yes. And so I, that's always the focus. But he 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 put the safeguards in place. He was personally responsible, personally accountable, and he and he walked in humility. And that's why you see the integrity of his life and ministry. Yeah, exactly. And so the same way that we've talked about that we've seen uh, common themes throughout uh, those who have fallen. And again, we don't we don't talk about those things lightly. You and I really struggled know. with even mentioning. Yeah, I didn't want. I didn't even want to do this yeah, episode. That I, know. I mean, but but it was just pressing. Yeah, it's so, we just it's had such to. a right now conversation. Yeah, we just had to. So as we see common themes throughout those who have fallen, we also see common themes with those who finished their race. And, and run in such a way as to win, as the Apostle Paul says. And, and Billy Graham is, is just one example of many examples of people who've done this. Another example, this guy's still living, so he doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't count. Fit, you can't talk about He him. doesn't fit can't the podcast. <laughs> he doesn't, so we can't ever use him as a subject. <laughs> we could use his, his dad, though. But this guy's name is David Ravenhill, Leonard Ravenhill's son. Got it. You know how much I love Leonard Ravenhill. Um. So David Ravenhill, he's got a series of messages called Surviving the Anointing. And he talks about scriptural examples of those of characters who did finish well and those who did not finish well. And he talks about the characteristics of finishing well. And what's interesting is I'm I'm I just finished part three last night. There's eight parts, and it is wrecking me. As soon as I'm done listening, I'm gonna turn right around and listen again. But the first three rules he talked about was dependency, prayer, or he called it intimacy, and then humility. Mm. So very similar to these common themes, and I'm sure these other things will come up as we go, very similar to these three things about finishing well. And if if it wasn't difficult to finish well, the Bible wouldn't talk so much about it. Talks so much about it. So much. And um, one thing I find that's interesting is the example of Moses not finishing well. Mm. And that, that one is a heavy one because of the high heights that Moses got. I mean, if, if you want to look back at one key character in the Old Testament, uh, most people in the New Testament look back at Moses. Okay, David's up there. Abraham's up there. We know the prophets. Okay, Elijah, we know these things. But they look back at Moses a lot. And I've been studying lately um, in Numbers 20, the whole incident at the waters of Meribah 
in the wilderness of Zen when God tells Moses to speak to the rock and he strikes it and he ends up, God tells him, you can't enter into the promised land. You'll see it, but you'll never enter in. And it's crazy to me that when Moses strikes the rock in anger, he had just left God's presence, literally just left. Him and Aaron are in the tent of meeting. God speaks to them, tells them what to do, tells them how he's going to provide for the children of Israel. He leaves God's presence and immediately has an emotional reaction mm. when he sees the people. And it was that it was those unresolved emotional issues that ended up being his downfall. And what God tells Moses was he said, you didn't trust me to demonstrate my holiness. Mm. So what Moses ended up doing was he demonstrated that he had divine ability, but did not demonstrate God's divine qualities. Mm. And I find that that's a common theme in us, that so often when I minister or see others minister, the goal is wrongly to show that we have this divine ability, yeah. this power, yeah. this anointing, all these things that God's given to us, instead of showing that we have divine qualities, that it's putting the fruit of the Spirit as more important and more central to our lives that's than good. the gifts of the Spirit. That's and that's hard because the gifts always get more affirmation than the fruit. And that's something that we're going to have to live with, that I I, I can live with. Uh, well, I say I can. I need to get to this point. Yeah, yeah. Where we can live with being known by our fruit and not by the gifts and say, God, I'm more interested in having qualities like you than abilities like you because I want to make sure I'm zealous for your glory alone. I know that's something A.W. Tozer, we're throwing lots of names out here. Oh, yeah. This week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but And we're going to talk about Tozer at some point. 100%. But Tozer talked about the main... Stay tuned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the main goal of the church is to be zealous for God's glory alone. Mm. And, and I love that because that keeps things in perspective right there. Yeah. My first and number one personal goal and our corporate goal is God's glory alone. And when we have that mindset in place, then that will keep us from these these other these other passions, these other desires in us that are fleshly that are going to end up leading to us falling. Yeah, yeah. And again, just to go back to the subject, uh, you know, that's the that's the most to me to me Billy Graham. He yeah, he did exceptional things, but I think the the thing that hits more than anything when I think about the man is the way he lived his life. Yes. And more impressive than the 210 more, million. That the numbers are pale, pale mm -hmm. in comparison to the fruit of, of his, his personal life. And here's how we know that's true because you and I both knew about this rule and we both knew about his stellar reputation. Yep. Neither one of us knew the numbers. N not at all. Not at all. Nor did I follow him, nor, you know, but I did know the rule. Yep. And I'm like, and and you know what? I looked at that rule and I looked at where, you know, w whether the vision, the vision is God has given you, given myself, whatever. I looked at that and said, okay, I need that in my life. Yes. I have to follow all of these rules, but of course I'm not, I, I don't have to worry about working with the local church right now. I don't have to work, worry about publicity. I'm not, you know, there's not a ton of money coming in. Right. So, but, but this is a rule that I can follow that I need right now. Yes. And so this is a, this is a all the time rule. Whereas these other rules, maybe, maybe not so much. Mm -hmm. And so we can't sit here and criticize this, this rule. And so uh, 
the the heart, guys, if you're listening to this, is is to finish well. Yes. And and this is a rule. And and I get that we don't like rules. We don't like to be restricted. We don't like blah 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 blah. But this is a rule that will that will help you finish well. Yes, it is. And 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 that's the goal. And and to walk for you to walk in God's purpose and in in His anointing for your life, all of that. But but doing so, and finishing well. Yeah, exactly. And what I love about Billy Graham's example, and we've already hit on it was that he inst- him and his team instituted these rules at the front end at the front end rather than at the back yep. end yep. and what i love about it and you said it earlier they had the foresight to go ahead and implement these rules now even when don't nobody know who you and i are even though we don't have a lot of publicity right. Do it even now. though we don't have a lot of money even though we don't have a lot of 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 opportunity on on the kind of national scale and we don't know if that will ever come and it really doesn't matter but what matters is implementing the rules right now. Exactly. And when we implement these things right now, especially this second rule, this is just, I, I fully agree with you. This is an on time rule because our former vice president, uh, Pence, yeah. he um, he was just criticized. Yeah. He was just criticized right. for having the Billy Graham rule. Right. And so it's just, it's so fresh on our minds. And I think one of the things that's criticized as well, and I know we're coming to the end here, but I, I really want to, I really want to say this. I think this is really something strong to kind of, to finish well on is that people criticize it because they're like, it's, it's not a big deal. If I just hang out with a girl who's my friend and we're just hanging, I don't understand why that's necessary to give up. And I think a good perspective to have is it's not what can I keep doing and still finish well. It's what can I give up? Mm. What is it? Tell me anything, God, and I'll give mm. it up. I, I don't care. I'm not sitting here clenching my fists trying to hold all this freedom intact. What is it that I can give up? Wow. What can I give up so that you can abide in me? I'll abide wow. in you and I'll finish well. That's... Whew. Sorry, but that just that just opened my whole mind up to a to a literal mentality that we have. It's it's what can I get away with exactly, and not what I can give up. Mm-hmm. And that is that's something that we've got to wrestle with for the rest of our days. Yes, because you, again, you see it scripturally. Is you know instead of trying to give give something up you know, there's people that just kind of want to get away with stuff. And it's like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Mm-mm. It's not going to work in this relationship with God. It's not right. going to work in, 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 in the purpose of God. It's not going to, it's not going to work. You're not going to just get away with stuff. And, and the longer you entertain trying to get away with, and I'm, I'm convicted in, in certain areas. It's like, there's nothing I'm going to get away with. Yep. Yep, but it but it is it's what what can I give up what what can I what can I stop doing yep. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. what can I what can I reel in what can I what safeguards can I put up you know in order in order to finish well so I just that's a powerful mentality because you our culture has a get away with it culture yes what can I get away with what can I get by on what can I and it's like no because this is a this is a sacrificial life this 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 Christianity, faith, believing, following Jesus, being a disciple, it's sacrificial. Mm-hmm. And and it is a matter of what can I give up. 
you know, and, and if it's friends, if it's what, you know, if it's unhealthy relationships, whatever it is, in order to finish well, to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. Like yep. you made it, you did what you were supposed to do. So, um, listen, we're gonna we're gonna bring it in for a landing right there. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I pray that this episode was a major encouragement for you. And just chew on these things. All right, personal personal responsibility, accountability, and humility. And and take a take a note from from Billy Graham's book. But it's all Jesus. You know, Jesus moved in his life and and he was an example of Christ. And so, um, listen, be encouraged this week. Remember to uh, follow us on Instagram at Church Voice Podcast, all one word. Check us out at the church, uh, christiancenter.org slash church dash voice dash podcast. Um, but have a blessed week and we will uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Peace out, y'all. Peace. Thank you.